They say the world can be hard, cruel, and ugly. Trust me, it gets worse if you're hungry and thirst. Doesn't push you from position, last place to first. Can't build a foundation without having feet in the dirt. So I put in the work, grind harder than most. I don't chase accolades of the living, I'm facing a ghost. That's what makes me the GOAT. Depending on who you ask, my brother, whatever task. Got it covered like a mask, guaranteed they can't see me at the open run. Cause I cook competitors until they look well done. Don't act like you don't know where I held from. I had to climb about the trenches, sit on benches, throw my time and come. Don't be mad at the player, be mad at the game. Sneak this in the hating, that's a flag on the play. Me falling off, huh? That'll be the day I'm like, bolt in the race, leave the track, flambe, it's the open run. When you were in high school and you wanted to speed ahead instead of reading like Shakespeare or some book you were assigned to read, did you use Cole's notes? Do you know what that is? We, or am I, I dating I, myself? I, no, no, you're not dating yourself. I feel the one that I had used was a little bit different, but Cole's notes is 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 right up there, though. It is. Well, in Canada, I, they use Cole's notes, and I didn't know that until I got up here. But in the States, it's Cliff's Notes. And basically, people just, you know, you get a novel, and because you don't have the patience or the discipline to read the thing all the way through, you just want all the answers before you get done. And the world we live in is basically like that, no? That we want yeah. everything microwavable, fast food. We want the information right now. 100%. And there's a reason why, before the season starts, we start to predict who's going to win, because we don't know. And we have to go through this process, whether it be Joel Embiid or... You know, I was having this conversation with some cats on social media, and they were talking about how Floyd Mayweather had messed up boxing because everyone else was trying to beat Floyd Mayweather. I'm like, wait, wait. So it's Floyd Mayweather's fault that those guys aren't Floyd Mayweather, and that's why boxing is messed up? What they fail to realize is that before Money Mayweather became a thing, Pretty Boy Mayweather did the work and then was able to reap the benefits of the work he did as Pretty Boy to be Money Mayweather when he had to change up his style because of his hands. That's guile, that's smarts, that's understanding that you are a prize fighter. You fight for a prize, right? So we understood yeah. the business of it, plus the work you had to do to get to that level, to get that kind of money. Same thing with Joel Embiid, one of the greatest first year, second year players ever. When I say that, because he skipped his rookie year, like a lot of these young guys who come in the league because of injuries, and you see that lately, and we talked about this before, if I'm not mistaken, where we talked about how these young guys play so many AAU games that by the time they're ready to play in the NBA after one year of college, if they play that, they're not physically ready to do that because they've played so many games before their bodies were ready. So you see Joel Embiid, Blake Austin Griffin, Benjamin David Simmons, all these guys said it. Liz Frank injuries for Chet Holmgren last year. I need to find out what his middle name is. We'll get to that later. But as I do, I want to welcome you to the podcast where basketball and life are one. This is The Open Run with Will Strickland. That would be me. The Open Run with Will Strickland is brought to you by the fine folks at, not at press, but at One Neighborhood. Yes, One Neighborhood coming to you very, very soon. I can be found across these rough interweb streets as W underscore Strickland and the number one on Twitter. Will Strickland and the number one on IG and across all streaming platforms where podcasts can be found, but right now exclusively at anchor.fm in conversation with the great Ryan Antonio Henry. There's only one RH. It's only one. But I think what I was getting at in starting with asking that question about Cliff's notes and Cole's notes is that we want everything now. We live in the information age and we want all the information now. We don't want to do the work. 
I mean, that leads to, from what I'm seeing, a lack of quality in what we get, whether we're talking about music. We just talked about a show you went, just went to. And like, what was the thing that made that thing in like inviting for you, engaging, entertaining for you? And a lot of times people go, well, I have a dope TikTok video. Yeah. And then when you have to perform it again, how do you do that? If you can't recreate your energy from that TikTok video, what are you doing? So everybody wants all the spoils from that little bit of work, but they don't want to do the work to make it sustainable. And you're going to find that out in this NBA season because as much as people are saying these are the power teams that these people are going to do this and these people are going to do that, I'm not sure. We're entering the transition phase in the NBA. Would you agree or disagree? Transition phase as in this set of stars are now leaving and now we got a whole new group ready to take the plate. Kevin Wayne Durant is 35. Wardell Stephen Curry, 36. The hashtag, he who shan't be named, will be 39 in December. Christopher Emmanuel Paul, 37, about to be 38. These are first ballot Hall of Famers. This, this is not yep. subject to debate. And so you see the SGAs, you see the Luca Lamar Dodgers, that's with two R's. You see the Nikola Jermaine, that's J apostrophe M-A-Y-N-E, Jokic, 28 years old. You see Giannis Ugo, I'm sorry, Giannis Sina Ugo, LaTerrence Atentacumpo at 28, going on 29. At the middle of their prime, you also see Anthony Marshawn Davis Jr., who at some point is going to have to take the keys to the car that he's been given since 2020, and he won't drive the car. It's only so long you can ask that guy, arguably the GOAT, to keep doing the same things he's done, been doing, right? Ten years ago, he averaged 30 points a game. Ten years later, he's averaging 30 points a game. You can't ask him to do that every year, right? No. So when I talk about the transition, man, we have to look at some of these things, and we're going to get into that because we're going to do the third annual preseason awards. They do work awards for the open run, and uh, they're going to be entertaining. We're going to do that throughout the show. Um, we're also going to talk about the WNBA Game three was this Sunday, and we want to find out if the Liberty had enough in them to extend the series and make it competitive because they were down 2-0 after losing two in Vegas. And, of course, when we're talking about this transition in the NBA, you know, they're ranking systems. People rank stuff all the time. This opinions and analysts. Most of people who analyze this stuff never play the game at any level. They're analysts. They look at numbers. And they're also GMs in the league. There's a GM survey. Did you check out the GM survey in the NBA this week? I have yet to check it out. So do you know that some of these players and some of the coaches, uh, I guess they take all the GMs from around the league. So that's 30 GMs. They ask him, like, who would you start a team with? You know, who's the best player in the league? Who's the best coach in the league? Stuff like that. So I'll throw these at you and, and ask you if, if, if you had an idea. If you were one of those GMs, what you would say to some of these questions. So first and foremost, best player in the league. Nikola Jokic. Why? NBA Finals champ, best player on the best team. It's that's usually the common the common uh, uh, reasons why you give it to that person. And it's not even just that too. It's just the way he's able to control uh, control a game and control a team from that position at the five. It just you, when when's the last time we've seen a five be able to do that? So that that, that that's personally it for me. Okay, fair enough. If you were the GM of a new team, which player in the league would you start your team with and why? Yeah, again, Nikola Jokic. Uh, selfless, big body, rebounds, assists, defends, plays, plays hard. 
doesn't have any ego. Like, you can show it. This is a job to him. It's literally a job. He shows it the way he approaches it, that he's he, he can have fun, but he's not really having fun. This is like a nine to five for him. His fun is back home. So he punches his ticket, punches punches in the clock, and then when the game is done, he punches out. And he's probably your best your best worker in the league today. In that antithetical to what everyone says, you have to be obsessed with the game. You, even though he said this, you have to have an obsession for the game. But life is all about balance too. And apparently, he's found and struck a balance with what I do and who I am. There are two vastly different things. So the mythology around you know the relentless pursuit of perfection by Michael Jeff. I'm sorry, Saint Michael Jeffrey of Wilmington or the late great Kobe Bean Bryant. There have been results that have been had without that same pursuit. That's a fact of the matter. I am surprised at you, though. I'm surprised that you did not pick the Don coming back in shape and looking like he's ready to play and possibly be MVP of the league this year. I can't see how that happens, though, but we'll talk about that in a second when we talk about the Western Conference yeah. as we break that down in the second half of the podcast. But the last question I'm going to ask you is best coach in the NBA, according to the GMs. Who would you say that is? So, so not my personal, but rather you, you, no. You're the it's your personal pick. You can't pick for somebody else. Okay, am I spoiling my coach of the year? But can, no, no. Can I don't want you to pick coach of the year. I just want you to pick the oh. best coach in the league. Who you think is the best coach? Because it could change. Your coach of the year okay. could be different than who you think is the best coach right now. Well, usually that's Greg Popovich for me. But since his uh, trio of Hall of Famers have left him, and he's finally back in, hopefully of the spotlight with Wemby, uh, I'm going to go away from him. It's actually the Miami Heat head coach. Uh, uh, Eric Spolstra. And I'm drawing a blank, Eric, Eric Spolstra. Eric, yeah. And that's who they picked. The GMs picked him as well, mostly because – and here's the funny thing. It's not how you coach when you have all the talent that tells me a lot about what you do. It's when you don't have that talent. So I've seen Eric Spolstra take a team that could have quit on him. This is like a couple of years ago. When Dion Waiters – I did not stutter when I said this – Deion Waiters was the best player on this team. They were 11 and 30 at the break. They came back in the second half of the season. They went 30 and 11. They lost out on chance to play in the playoffs on the last day of the season. They could have been one, two, three Cancun at the break for the rest of the year. That's coaching. Eric Spolster takes a team that was the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference to the NBA Finals. Period. No Tyler Hero, no problem. Now, did they get stopped? Yeah, they didn't have the size and ability to stop. Nobody was going to stop. Jokic this year. If Anthony Davis couldn't do it, nobody was stopping him. Cool. I get it. But the fact that he took that team because they mirror when you create a culture, I didn't realize he had been there 29 years now in some capacity from the video room on up 29 years. He's a lifer. Crazy. Crazy. The only way Eric Spolster will ever lose his job and he will never lose his job in Miami. He's taken that team to the finals six times. He has four with the Eagles and two with Jimmy Butler, the third. And Idris out of bio. That's no joke. So I would select him. But when you think about, again, being an analyst yourself and looking at the game, the ESPN Top 100 had people on tilt. As a matter of fact, I thought that my man Zach Lowe, who for the most part I'm cool with. I mean, sometimes like, eh, it's one of those guys you could tell never played the game. But he, you know, he can break down film. That's great. I got you. But when he was trying to compare who was number one in the league as far as the best players in the, at the top of this ESPN 100, the best two players in the league were the guy you picked and also Giannis, okay? 
And he said, well, the difference is, than being the best player in the league, is that Giannis is marginally better than Jokic on defense. But Jokic is this much greater than Giannis on offense. I'm like, what kind of crack is he smoking? Nikola Jokic is nowhere close to former defensive player of the year defensively. Not even close. He's not even a threat like that. Yeah, no, not at all. So what are you talking about? And I understand caping and everything else and ball washing. These guys sometimes get into that because they thought he should have been the MVP for three years in a row. He didn't really care because guess what? He won the championship. He won the finals MVP. Then he got to go home and party with Aaron Gordon and watch his racehorses do what they do. And that be that. So job's done. That's it. It goes back to what you were saying in the beginning. And some notable names were outside of certain areas in this situation. The ESPN top 100 in conversation with the great Ryan Antonio Henry here on the open run with Will Strickland. Did you notice anything? Did you, did you check out the list? Like I had Russell Westbrook in 93. I, 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 I don't even look at this list anymore because it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. They're, well, they're, they're just doing it for clicks. They're just doing it to, to anger some folks. And, and that's what well, if you, if you allow, if you allowed your emotions to be taken like that, that's funny. I'm just asking you from a perspective of like someone who watches the game, who understands the game, Russell Westbrook, even at his age is there are not 93 players in the league better than him. They're not 35 players in the league better than Kyrie Andrew Irving. Neither one of them is top 10. We get that, but okay, let's keep it a buck of the top 100. A guy who is a primetime playoff performer and Derek white didn't make the top 100. I found that to be interesting in the league of 450 that this guy was on the outside of the hundred. Cool. Thought he was an omission from that, but you know, who's not considered a top 10 player in the NBA. Now, another proven playoff performer, Jimmy Butler, the third outside of the top 10. I thought at least I can't really argue that, 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 that it's hard in that it's top hard. 10. But yeah. when you see somebody like when I think about the best player in the league, I want my guy to be ready when it counts the most. Jimmy Butler plays during the season for the most part, but he knows as he gets up in his mid thirties as well, that there are times when he needs to step back and let the Tyler heroes and the band matter bios do their jobs to see these young guys they have coming off dimension. Now that they've lost Max Struess and Gabe Vincent, the Caleb Martin's going to have to step up and take another role. But I just found that interesting. And I looked at the top 10, Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and those guys. I think Steph was fifth or sixth. Durant was like seventh or eighth. Tatum and the top five, Luca, Joel Embiid, the, the reigning defending MVP of the league. Okay, I get it. But and just noting some of those things, what would you say? Like if you had to rank your top five, who would they be? See, it, it's it's hard because honestly, that top ten. What I'm finding year by year, it's like people are signing up, signing down. It could be injury related. It could be just again not enough uh, games played. But if I'm gonna rattle off my top five, and not in order, so don't you know, don't at me. Jokic, Giannis, Luca, Embiid, and then that fifth for me, it could be so many different guys. But I'm just gonna go for the sake of it. I'm gonna go Tatum. Really? You were not going to go with the Canadian SGA who jumped a bunch of spots. I think he jumped to eighth from 48 to eighth because he was first team all NBA, averaged over 30 points a game, first Canadian to ever do that in the league, played great in the World Cup. He's come to this season with a lot of momentum. How that gets integrated with Chet Holmgren will be different this year. So maybe that's why he's been tempered at eight and not in the top five. It's hard for me to not say – Wardell Stephen Curry the second in that top five because of what he did last year. But I could say the same thing about a guy who was 
who had a team that was the seventh seed who defeated the reigning defending NBA champions in the playoffs and took his team to the Western Conference Finals. And that he was champion named. I need to see SGA do it more than just one year. He had a great year. He took that leap and he became the guy, no questions asked. And that's why I said it's probably tempered a bit, right? Yeah, exactly. When we're looking at this thing, there's some milestones when we're talking about like the history of this thing. We can't speed ahead. These guys have to build a body of work, like you said, with SGA. And so two guys are going to eclipse 25,000 points this season, hopefully injury-free. First off is Russell Westbrook. Shouts out to the Brody. And also, depending upon whether he plays or not, James Edward Harden Jr. Could eclipse 25,000 points. That, does that make him first ballot Hall of Fame status or no? Not that specifically, but his his body of work over those years, I, I, yeah. Listen, I, if you, I, mean, I, if I, you I, score 25,000 points in the NBA, you pretty much lock that up. No? Yeah, yeah basically. Carmelo Anthony is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Carmelo Anthony's never been an MVP of the league. Even before the, the the points, he's first found in the Hall of Famer based on college and his Olympic triumphs. Very good point, sir. Yeah. I think you make an excellent point about being the greatest yeah. Olympic yeah. basketball player ever yeah. and what he did in his freshman year at Syracuse uh, before NIL and the checks he was getting. Shout out to the man, Red Autry, who's the head coach at Syracuse right now. Probably going to have him on the podcast at some point soon. You know, shout out to Russ and James Harden. Kevin Wayne Durant will be a top 10 scorer in NBA history this season, barring injury. The, the sad thing about him is that I think he should have been in the top. I think he should be top five by the, by the end of his career. But because the injuries have now kind of piled up, his trajectory is probably between seven and 10, I would say. Oh, he's, he's, he's going to pass Hakeem. He's going to pass all those guys. I think Dirk is like sixth or seventh now, right? Dirk is six, so I could see him behind Shaq or right in front of Shaq. So Shaq is seven? Shaq's, I think Shaq is somewhere between seven and eight, yeah. We know who's number one. We know who's number two. Number three is Carl Anthony Malone. Number four is the late, great Kobe Bean Bryant. Number five, one, two, three, four, fifth, is St. Michael Jeffrey of Wilmington. Yeah. So, yeah, you know. Yeah. Dirk Verner, right in there. I think Durant, I don't know if he's going to crack top five, but if he does, I mean, we already know he's first ballot. Yep. That's guaranteed, but shouts out to him. You know who else is going to be first ballot? Body of work, and he's still under 30? Nicola Jermaine. About to surpass the hashtag and some other people in the triple doubles list. The body of work, again, in the game, the things he does to influence the game, influence his teammates, all the while, these stats are he's racking them up he's gonna crack top three and russell westbrook has a pretty good lead but again this guy's not 30 yet yeah and that's not the only european with uh triple doubles you know i mean i know you want to talk about that guy but <laughs> listen let's keep it a buck right now it's all about, about nicola Jermaine. and here's the thing if this game was predicated on jumping and dunking and everything else you see those numbers slide a lot but because this game has always been about dial and smarts he could threaten the record I mean, Magic and Oscar and all those guys are ahead of uh, the hashtag. He's going to surpass the hashtag. It's a done deal. Yeah. It's a done yeah. deal. And since we're talking about the hashtag, this guy's going to push the scoring record so far out of the stratosphere. It's going to be well past 40,000. And imagine if they win the championship this year, his son plays one year in college, I guarantee he's going to play another two, three years. I can see that. I can see that. Average, I average, think he wants to push that thing beyond, yeah. 
average 12, 1300 points a, a year for the next three, four years. We're looking at 45,000 points. Absurdive. So congrats and, and salute to all those guys and their chances. Because again, till the season happens, anything can happen, injuries, whatever, not wishing ill on anyone, but things do happen. This is professional athletics. And when we're sitting here talking about the NBA and the season, let's start in the East because when the East is in the house, oh my goodness, danger. And I wanted to start with the teams we know are not going to make it. Just give them their stats right now. Let's let's get them out of the way. <laughs> okay. Let's start with Lonzo Ball, already scheduled not to play in 23-24. I don't think he's ever going to play again. I admire what the Bulls are doing. The Bulls' front office has never been a really great front office of players, as Scotty Maurice Pippen and the rest. But that they are being very patient with him. He signed a huge contract. It looked like they were going to be turning the corner once they got DeMar Darnell DeRozan and Zach Levine and those guys. It just looked right. Alex Caruso, they had defense, the young Patrick Williams. They had something going on there. They don't do it this year. Might not happen. People have floated, actually, the the idea of trading James Harden for Zach Levine, both in their last year of their contracts. But that, to me, is like trading deck chairs on the Titanic. One, you're going to try and stunt the growth of Tyrese Maxey, who couldn't step up in that role in Philly. I know he's not James Harden. James Harden, you cannot dismiss the value of James Harden being a league leader in assist last year. But Tyrese Maxey's ready to take that leap. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But... Lonzo won't ball, and I don't think think the Bulls will either. Yeah, no. Um, to be honest, I can see the Bulls being a big uh, trade, uh, trade bait team. Fire sale. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think they're going anywhere. Probably gonna have a bunch of contenders looking to get Levine. Maybe Demar says, "Hey, I'm ready to to try to win somewhere." I wouldn't be surprised if there's trade requests uh, similar to hashtag Goat Life, but these ones are more warranted. Hmm. I mean, let's move a little bit to the East in the Central Division. To the Detroit Pistons, shouts out to Troy Weaver and Coach Dwayne Casey, who's not coaching anymore, but I still call him Coach every time I see him and talk to him. But Monty Williams is there now, and Kate Cunningham is back. What does that mean? Uh, Great. Absolutely nothing right now. Yeah, a couple more wins. <laughs> I like the idea. Like, they got one of the Thompson twins in, in the first round of the draft. We've seen other teams who have been very poor in the past couple of years, build up. You saw the Sacramento Kings do it, and they took a leap finally when they, they found a guy. And Darren Fox, who was like, he was this close to either saying, look, I want to be out or I'm going to stick with it. They made some trades to make it make sense. Some veterans have come in like Demonis Sabonis. You've got Malik Monk there. And you've got an identity now with Mike Brown, who is seasoned, well-seasoned. You could see something like that happening in Detroit. just won't happen this year. Shout out to Jalen Jordan. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. Arguments there. Moving on to another team in the Eastern Conference that's not going to do anything this year. The Washington Wizards. It's the home for Wayward Toys. Chris Tapps Porzingis got his exit, but you ended up getting a pool party in Washington, D.C. So it's going to be a lot of light-skinned fights in the locker room. Light-skinned pool party. <laughs> I'm just saying, Kyle Kuzma and, and, and Jordan Poole, man, go blue all day every day, but I'm saying I don't think you're not going to see nothing. I think you're going to see some stuff. You're going to see some guys jacking the ball up the rim and trying to get their stats up, their money up, even though they both signed contracts, but it doesn't matter. They're trying to be stars down there. (laughs) It's nothing happening in Washington. And I feel bad for Wes Unsell Jr. I will say this. If you like highlights, you're probably going to get some highlight reels. You're probably going to get some 50-point performances. You're probably going to get some funky fashion, some stuff that – 
you're kind of questioning like what what's going on here. You're you're gonna get a lot of stuff on TMZ. You're gonna get a lot of stuff, <laughs> right? Some Twitter, some Twitter stuff. But uh, who who's dating who? But yeah, I think that's gonna be <laughs> low key. I think it's gonna be low key, and I like that. Like TMZ level that the Charlotte Hornets will have. I mean, they just arrested him. Well, he actually turned himself in. He had an order of protection against him. He violated that. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff going on in Charlotte. Yeah, and. I feel bad now they have LaMelo LaFrance Ball coming back. Shouts out to Puma in there. Third version of LaMelo kit called the LaFrance. I don't know if I have a pair yet. We'll check. But I think it's good for Brandon Miller. He he, he has more, more space and time to shine, you know. Hashtag goat life. Asked for a trade. Got waived days later. What are you talking about goat life? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 you didn't see the tweet. Talk to me about Kai, goat life. You didn't see the Kai Jones tweet that – Oh, yeah, yeah. come on, dog. We're going to get Jones in a second for sure. We're, he's not even on the team anymore. So get yeah, out of here yeah. with that. He, he's not here. No, no way. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's a lot going on in Charlotte. And now Brandon Miller has more space to shine. So good for him. I, I feel bad for Brandon Miller. I feel like he's going to be one of those Hashim beat number two picks. I don't see it. He has talent, but I don't know if it's NBA talent. I really don't. And I feel bad for saying that. He's a talented guy. I just don't see the kind of shot production. I don't see him in a Paul George-like role. I don't see him giving the effort on defense like that. He didn't go to like a powerhouse school. Like Alabama is not a powerhouse basketball school, you know, so it's not one of those situations. But he didn't show anything. He's an offensive player. And with that one-way traffic, if you want to be successful, your best player cannot be one-way traffic. He has to be able to give you something else on the other end, and I haven't seen that yet. If you're shooting poorly in the summer league against guys who are not going to make the league, I can't imagine what you're going to do in the NBA when you have better players each and every night on your ass. Yeah. And so, and it's not the best team or environment to to really try to start your career unless you got Lamelo Ball kind of skills. You're not going to be, you know, is the curse the of Saint Michael Jeffrey of Wilmington. Yeah. Mind the Sunday truce. It's the yeah. curse down there in Charlotte. They have to get that staying yeah. off of them. But let's move to Atlanta. And I feel bad that I don't think the Hawks are going to make the playoffs this year. They got a full season of Quinn Snyder down there. But is it much of the same? Well, in their eyes, they got rid of the one thing that was holding them back in in John Collins. But did that really make them better? Addition, How was John Collins actually, holding them back? That, hey, that they've been trying to get rid of that guy for probably like two years now. And Yeah, because he has some value on the, on the market. You know you're not going to trade Trey yeah. Young because – they know he's a defensive liability. He's there to stay. They've invested. He's yeah. there. They went and got Jante Murray, who basically plays the same position. So they can make trade two. He can end up being Allen Ezel Iverson if they want him to. And all he does, but he he likes having the ball in his hands, exactly. which yeah. is going to lead to a dilemma. You want to have playmakers out in the court, but if both of your playmakers are in the backcourt, you don't have a wing guy who make plays or a post guy. Clint Capella and Okongwu and those guys, they can't eat without Trey Young and Jante Murray. DeAndre Hunter, always injured. He's not going to make plays. Jalen Johnson, you're going to trust him? Who they gave a spot for because John Collins is gone? Bogdan, Bogdan, Bogdanovich is your best ball player off the bench. I like A.J. Griffin. Don't get me wrong, but they I still it, think it, they could slip into a play-in game and, and be a 7th or 8th seed. Okay, I can see them as a 10th seed. Fair enough. That's why they're out on the outside seed. looking in. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, they'll, they'll be in the have, playing tournament. They'll be in the playing tournament. They'll have a chance. So I'll, I'll put yeah. them – I think that's fair. I'm, you know, I'm not going to yeah. knock that. But if, if we're looking at them 
not being great. I feel bad because I like what the Pacers have, but I don't. I I, I went with a surprise pick in my top eight. Uh, it could be the Pacers. They could prove me wrong, but I like the youth. I like that Rick Carlisle is coaching there, that he's relaxed because he didn't like rookies. He, he's like one of those old school coaches, but he's he's the wizard, and I can't front on him. What he's doing with the Pacers, I think he's just giving the ball to Tyrese Halliburton, Ben Matherin. You have to trust that Miles Turner, he's the X factor in everything. He's going to be healthy for at least 65 games this year. And then Bruce Brown coming in there. There's an attitude with Bruce Brown. You saw that in Brooklyn, where they made him the point center in a lot of those games at 6'4". You saw that in Denver when they won the championship. So you're bringing that in there. I think they're going to be good, but people are going to have to figure out where they fit in the pecking order. And that's going to be different. Is Bruce Brown going to come off the bench in Indiana, or is he going to start? That's going to be the key to me. I like the Pacers, and you'll probably see that later on in my in some of my picks uh, later on, that I think this is the year that a lot takes off for them. So that's all I'll say about that. Mm. Okay, Forrest Gun. Well, that's all I'm going to yep. say on that. Okay? <laughs> oh, look, it is what it is. But yeah. last but not least, your Toronto Raptors in the day of Darko is here. But how much does it change with the new additions of Grady Dick and the possibilities that Messiah Jury and Pascal Siakam are not on the same page? Here's a multiple-time All-NBA performer who's probably your best asset to move if you're going to revamp the team, but you think it would already happen though. Yes or no? Or you think he's going to wait till February to find out for the trade deadline and be like, yeah, we need to move on. I'm thinking Masai is really evaluating if this is the guy that I really want to put this much money in. I think he knows that Pascal's great. I think Pascal knows he's great, but it's like, do we, do we do this over again or do I wait until the tumultuous situations in Philadelphia and other teams play out? where maybe I can actually get the guy that I do want to give X Ooh. amount of money to. Ooh, not James Harden. Could be the other man in Philly. He's not. Joel Embiid's not leaving there. You're dreaming for the Raptors right now. Hey, they hey, have to have, You know how many assets they have to send down there just to get him? New York and other teams are, are watching the situation. <laughs> Philadelphia watching the right. situation. Of- he would have to go to free agency in order for that to happen because Philly's not going to trade you in this division. Much less oh, the same no, conference. No, no, no. no. So, and, and that, and that's just one guy. But I, I, we've seen it before that Masai is, is not shy of waiting for that disgruntled player to come, and and he will offer do whatever it takes. Okay, we almost had it this summer. Okay, if he wanted to be here, who little was Damian never going to happen. No, oh no, never, and, and that's why I said if he wanted to be here, Damian nah, didn't want to be here. You know where he wants to be. Was going to swing for the fence. We knew where he wanted to be. Let's keep it a book. Yeah. Come on, man. Oh, no, no, no. Damien didn't want to be here, but that's just us slapping our gums right now. Wanting to hit for the fence was there. That would, you and know, that, that was going to change the fortunes of the Raptors, though. A guard like that is not going to change the Raptors. You have Fred Van Leet here, who a better on himself is making $40 million a year. I'm not mad at Fred in Houston. Shouts out to Fred. But Dennis Schroeder is a low cost, decent yield guy at the point who had a great World Cup and is only justifying the selection of this team, International City, they're thinking globally. I get it. Messiah Jury is looking at Grady Dick and Scotty Barnes. If Scotty Barnes does not take the leak that he should have taken last year, maybe it's not Pascal that goes. I'm just saying, from Rookie of the Year, anything could happen. But you you want to find out in valuation mode what you can get for either one of those guys. Scotty's younger. Cool. 
they had an issue apparently last year with some of the older cats on the team were pissed off about how the younger cats were performing and how what they were given from the energy standpoint. So again, in that locker room, it's going to have to be different, but we will see because we have a new coach, Darko Ryakovic in Toronto. What do you see his role as being in changing I the culture? I, 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 I can only go off of what you know. You hear other announcers and analysts say because obviously most of his time was in, in, in European teams, right? He's on um, benches but, in, in the NBA. He's been on benches in the NBA. Yeah, but for the most part, the players seem to 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 dig it so far, and and I've I've only heard good things. So I I can't wait to see his philosophies. We know what Nick Nurse has brought us for quite some time, and and hopefully he can he can kind of steer the ship the right way because that was a complete mess by the end of the season last year between coach and player connections. So it's a right. fresh start. It's a blank slate. That's what I like. No doubt. Well, we bomb atomically Socrates philosophies and hypotheses on the podcast for basketball and life are one. So come back for more on the second quarter of the open run with Will Strickland. Back, give me more of what you asked for. It's the open run with Will Strickland in conversation with the great Ryan Antonio Henry. Give me the victory shape, dog. Have you ever been one on the show? What's your signature? You, you're a big wrestling guy. You don't have a song. You don't have like a signature move. What would be your finishing move as a wrestler? Like, are, like, are we talking like actual Come physical on. wrestling? Dude, physical. physical wrestling. <laughs> wrestling. Oh, what would be your move? You know, uh, I, when when I was, I, I still play a little PS Five every now and then, and and you know you plug in the WWE Two K whatever. Do you use your your moment. he who shan't be my, named? My, he who shan't be named limited edition controller. Thank you, Will Strickland, for that. Hey, yes, I do. Shout out the song. And and uh, I was always a, a high flying aerial assault type of guy. So mine would be shout out to Eddie Guerrero, the late Eddie Guerrero, the five star frog splash. So okay, okay, or, or okay. Rob Van Dam. You could you they they both have the frog splash, but either way. No doubt. There's a, an emotional attachment to uh, the late, great Eddie Guerrero for sure. But yes, we're looking at the Eastern Conference now. We're looking at the cream of the crop. Eddie was one of the tops in his field. But we're looking at, obviously, the biggest trade in the offseason in Milwaukee. He didn't get to go where he wanted to go, but he got to go to the right place because he's going to play with another top 75 player in NBA history in Giannis. What do you see for the Bucks this year? They just did it again. I'm going to get into their executive team a little bit later, but you, you don't miss. You have you kept Brooke Lopez. You kept Chris Middleton, which was the biggest thing, because now he's about to be wide open in the fourth quarter, and we know what he can do with the ball in the fourth quarter. He basically was finishing games. Giannis would run the court for quarters one through three, and then, hey, Chris, you up? Okay, I'll make buckets. I'll end the game. It was a, it was a done deal just with those two. Mm. Yes. You lose Drew and great defensive piece. Everybody wants him, clearly. But you now have a killer in clutch that is just going to make life easier for Chris, make life easier for Giannis, who, like, (laughs) do teams even have three guys that could defend and shut down all-star level talent? Like, no, you you won't see that. You'll never shut anybody down in the NBA. But – their defense fell off a cliff perimeter-wise. Chris Middleton yes. cannot, even though he's a good defender, those injuries over the past couple of years will not allow him to do that. 
okay? He's not going to be the same guy. So Pat Connaughton, this is your life. Marshawn Bochamp, this is your life. Lindell Wigington, this is your life. You have an opportunity to step up and be one of those guys coming off the bench who plays defense. Bobby Porter's not playing defense like that. Brooke Lopez is a year older. And you know, Dame, I know he's not a pushover, but he ain't no defender. No. So that's a big part of their identity. So they're going to turn into a scoring team now. They're going to have to outscore guys and then be and play timely defense because they don't have the defensive presence they once had. Now, I know you still have Brooke and Giannis in the middle. I know that Giannis missed some playoff games last year, but they took those guys out of the lineup when it counted the most in the series against Miami. Why? Because you can have the fluidity on the perimeter to guard everybody who's shooting. Max Struess and Caleb Martin were gashing their defense. Jimmy Butler was killing them, okay? Drew Holiday is strong, one of the strongest guards in the league. Couldn't deal with him. He's not there anymore. No disrespect to Pat Connaughton. And as soon as you say that, you know it's disrespect. He's not going to guard Jimmy Butler. No. So defensively, they've fallen off a cliff. I'm not just going to – listen, even Giannis said, hey, we haven't won a damn thing with Dame yet. And he's right. You have to go out and do the work. You know how hard it is to make that seismic of a shift in your lineup and then hope to still win? Ask the Miami <laughs> Heat of 2010-2011. Yeah. Just put it in perspective. Or okay? the Cavs. <laughs> oh, what, what do you mean? Why Why the Cavs? What year? The, the same. The same. Well, the same. Well, that was shift, different. Right? It got yeah. flipped around. Yeah. So yeah. what did they, when they shifted in 2014, they went to the NBA Finals, but it wasn't seen like, Kyrie Irving was a talent. Kevin Love was a talent, but neither one of them taking anyone to the playoffs. They don't have no, a resume. No. Like, it's different. So all of a sudden, they became yeah. a super team with two guys who had never done anything in, in the playoffs. That's a whole other conversation, though, right? But I'm not going to just go all in on Milwaukee just because they have Damon and Giannis. They're going to have a dangerous, dangerous squad, no doubt. But I need to see how Chris Milton comes back from this injury. I need to see how Dame fits and what they're doing, what Adrian Griffin is doing from a scheme and culture standpoint, identity standpoint. He's going to have to create his own culture there. And that relationship between Griffin and Dame is going to be key to everything. Giannis is going to, he'll go along because he knows he's that guy. But it's Dame that's going to be the difference. And we're going to see how that works. And he's been pretty professional throughout this thing. But, you know, when we move to, over to Boston, it's the same idea, but Drew Holiday is there now. Drew Randall Holiday. First team, all defense. Shout out to Tony Allen. Replaces a guy who was the defensive player of the year the year before and Marcus Smart. Now, what they lose from losing Robert Williams and the reigning sixth man of the year, Malcolm Brogdon, they got in Chris Tapps Porzingis, who had a great year where? In the land of misfit toys in Washington. Can we trust him when it counts the most? I can't remember if he's ever played a full season or even 70 games in the season. Not since New York. And even then, if he. And did they make the playoffs then? When he was in New York, did he make the playoffs? Just say no. Or no. did Nancy Reagan just say no? no. Okay. He's going to have his testicular fortitude and Valentine tested in the playoffs. The same thing that the Cavaliers did to – or was it the Knicks that beat up the Cavaliers or the, the Cavaliers that beat the Knicks in the playoffs? Oh, it was the Knicks. The Knicks won. They bullied the Cavaliers. Yeah. I can see people bullying Chris Stapp's Porzingis all day in the playoffs. The same yeah. way that Bruce Brown said when he, he told him, look, we ran at right at D'Angelo Russell's chest in the playoffs. We knew he's not going to defend. He took him out of the playoffs, out of the series, altogether. I can see that happening to Chris Stapp's Porzingis. Let him have to guard Bam Adebayo or Julius Randle or somebody like that who's going to do everything in his power to bang him to the body and try to score every possession. 
I'm I, my we've, we've seen Chris Tapps in, and in, so what in happens, situations. Okay, and so what happens in Boston when he's out of the lineup and you have to count on the 912-year-old Al Horford? Love Al Horford. It's only so long you can count on him to be that guy in the middle and, and, and hold up the four. There's no Robert Williams behind him anymore. He might get a couple quarters out of him. So, but, but I, I don't like I don't like the KP thing to, to Boston, to be honest. And as, as somebody who's had Chris Stapps on one of his teams, ah, of course. the reason why I didn't work there is because this man thought he was going to be the number one guy, and there was a little bit of back and forth. I don't don't do that. He, there's no way he walked in there looking at Luka Doncic and said, "Yeah, I'm gonna be the guy." Come on, dog. Not, Stop. Apparently, playing. I, I I I think he thought there was going to be a one A one B thing, and Stay that, off when that Dallas Mavericks thread. So he wasn't too. Hey, no, this isn't even a thread. This is people have said that there was a little jealousy between Ooh, the two people. People, we knew who was winning in that pecking order. Let's not let's not pretend. No matter what, but he now said. now what? But what my point is, he's not going to a team where he's not even going to be the third option. I don't think he's going to be. He is the third option. Ooh, you know what? Now that I think about, it, you're right. But there's a lot of pressure on two guys who are going to be the highest paid players in the league um, come next season. One already got his three bucks, and he's smart enough to understand the pressures that come with that and the responsibility that come with that. But can Jason Tatum overcome all that? Like he's gotten the accolades, but when it counted the most, especially in the playoffs, you can't leave the playoffs in turnovers as the guy. You can't. And we had like 99, hundred turnovers in the playoffs by himself. It was bad. It was bad. Yeah, it was real bad. And yeah. so it's like, can you rough up? And maybe it's a Duke thing. I get on some of those Duke players. <laughs> I'm just saying guys from Duke. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, who's the toughest guy from Duke ever? And I have to say it's Kyrie Irving. He's a flake. But I'm cool with him being a flake. Ram? Nope. What a great hell take a team. I'm just keeping it a buck. I'm just keeping it a buck. When it counted the most, Kyrie Irving showed up. True. At least for one season. So I can talk about it. Name somebody else from Duke. Well, I don't know if you're talking about mentally tough or, hey, I'm going to show up in a Clutch situation. That means that that means you have the testicular fortitude in Valentine, mentally tough. You have that. And again, I'm not going to sit here and try to disparage those guys. I'm looking at Boston right now, and like you said, I don't know about this KP pick. So I can't just be all like, "Oh yeah, they traded and they got Drew." So now Boston's going to be the leader. I can't say that for sure, and I won't. And I just don't know how they're going to use him. We saw how Carlisle used him. Stick, stay in the corner, shoot the three. How is Boston going to use him? Are they going to make him active? Because KP is a player that needs to be involved in the offense to actually. I watched like, a couple of preseason it. games. They did have him moving around a bit, but a lot of it is pick and pop for him because he does not want that smoke in the middle of the lane. But every once in a while, he's going to have to post up. You're seven foot five, seven foot four. Just your presence in the lane sometimes makes a difference. It gives Al Horford. It's going to give Jason Tatum. It's going to give a lot of free and open shots. It's going to give opportunities for you to catch oops. Drew Holiday going down the lane and taking a bump and then laying it up off the top, you just throw it down. So we're going to see a lot of that. And I'm, this is not to say that Boston fell off a cliff. It's just I'm not ready to give them the championship either. Not right off the top. In conversation with the great Ryan Antonio Henry here on the open run with Will Strickland. Moving on to the Sixers. It's maxi time. I'm not even talking about James Harden. I'm not. We already know the story there. Tyrese Maxey is ready to take that leap. After the Ben Simmons thing and not with the James Harden thing, Joel Embiid has won his MVP. He's decided he's going to play for Team USA. He's at peace 
and he still feels like the guys they have in the locker room can help them win a championship or at least get there. I don't believe you, Joel, but okay, cool. I can't trust Tobias Harris. P.J. Tucker's a year older. You have Mohamed Bama as your backup. You want me to say it again, or did I stutter the first time? No, no, no. Patrick Beverly is there, a year older, and really in deep podcast mode. It's not going to happen in Philly with those guys. Nick Nurse is going to do it. He has those young guys playing a lot of defense, though. I can't knock him. I watched a play a, a game between them and Boston. What's my man's name? Jaden Springer, who was I think he was a G League MVP last year. Tough. Block Jason Tatum's dunk at the rim. He's like waiting for him. He's six three, six four. I like his attitude. Those young guys are going to have to show up because the older guys probably are in, entrenched in the idea that they already have spots. So those guys who are going to have to replace the Shake Milton's and the Georges Niangs who came off the bench. And that's the only thing I really like about Philly. I mean, Joel Embiid. Okay, cool. Tyrese Maxey. I'm talking about these other guys. They're going to need that because James Harden is not going to be there. I guarantee you. He's only there, like Marshawn Lynch said. I'm only here so I don't get fined. He wants to keep that money in his pocket. Yeah, he'll be on the bench. He'll be there. Is he going to be a healthy scratch? You heard about the player performance policy, the PPP. You I think get into Harden it. will abide, and I think he will suit up. But he's probably going to touch that court for maybe two, two minutes. And, and be like, why? Oh, I hurt if, my ankle. Lower body injury for a month. Yeah, they'll find a way. They'll find a way. The Miami Heat, the wildest of wild cards. They didn't get better in the offseason, I don't think, necessarily. But they got guys. They're much, you know what they remind me of in the NFL? Guys like the New England Patriots. They'll find some D3 kicker or some linebacker from some obscure school who ends up playing a big role in their team. And Miami Heat have that along with it, their identity. You know the usual suspects. And I think that when you have Tyler Hero coming back, you had Duncan Robbins still on the team with Max Struess and those guys going, Gabe Benson going. I like some of the young guys they have on their team. This guy, Haywood Highsmith, who I'm going to talk about a little bit later on the podcast. Oh, you, oh, I know you're talking about Jaime Jaquez Jr. from UCLA. Always liked this game. He has a very park game to me. It's right. Like I see guys like he, you know, he's strong too. He's a Pac-12 yeah. player of the year. I like the way he plays. He's very aggressive, very strong. He fits what they do down there in Miami. I don't care what they do in the regular season in a way. And that's the crazy no. part. They're da- when you have a team like that that doesn't really care about what they do, they want to stay close and stay dangerous and stay relatively healthy for the playoffs because they know what they do. That's a, There's a comfort in that. And so the Miami Heat. They could sneak in to the play-in tournament, and people are going to be like, they're still no, a threat. They're not in the play-in tournament. They're going to be a top eight seed this year in the oh, East. Oh, oh, yeah. No, We're no, talking about I, top I eight seeds right now. I, we already I got the Bucs. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying they, could, they could be in the play-in tournament situation. Everything could fall apart during the season, but that literally does not matter because of what we've seen them do over the last four years. 100%. 100%. And as we move on, is Donovan Mitchell in his final year before he can – I guess he can get an extension to his contract. Is he looking at going home to New York City? I don't know. I guarantee you this. If the Cavs going to do what they're supposed to do in the playoffs this year, it might ruin all that for him too. But the Cavs, did they get better? They picked up Max Struess. Same old. Same old. Really? I, I look at them and I'm not looking any higher, any lower. I think right. they're right here even, and that's what they are. Is it the same thing for the Knicks? It's it's an interesting uh, team, and I don't think they got any better. I think they've just kind of, again, stayed where they are. Okay, so but, who run it? Who run it, though? In a lineup with, like, I think they have three left-handed starters in their lineup. R.J. Like Barrett, Julius Randle, and Jalen Brunson. 
who run it. Yeah. Who's the man on that squad? It's Brunson. It's been Brunson since he got there. And if any of them have a problem, then goodbye. I think that's part of the issue why they can't go beyond where they went. Is at a certain point, can you count on Julius Randle in the playoffs? You saw he had a terrible playoffs. Nope. Will RJ Barrett be empowered by what happened in the World Cup this year? And Jalen Brunson having the range now, does he do things that because he didn't have the greatest World Cup? It started out great, but didn't end up so great. Tyrese Halliburton got a lot more time than he did late, Mm -hmm. right? And that's a bit of a concern, but okay, who running in New York? We'll find out. And my surprise pick to make the top eight this year, your guy, Jamal Mosley's Orlando Magic. Markel Fultz, the former number one pick in the draft, is going to make the difference along with Paolo Banquero. And of course, Franz Wagner, we will make you work. The next steps that are going to take this year are going to be great. What do you think? Am I You're crazy? Saying a playoff team? You're saying a playoff team? I'm saying a top eight seed, seven or eight. Like after playing tournament, or we just want to I'm say saying right now the they're going to finish in in the, in the, We're doing the preseason. Okay. I don't know. You're not picking any, playing this, playing that. I said these are my top eight, and I picked the Magic. I'm optimistic. I might be crazy, but I'm optimistic about I, it. I, I don't see it. I don't okay. see it. I see a lot of Sacramento in that. I think Jalen Sugg is going to fall into his role and be the sixth man they need. And he knows he's not a starter in the NBA. So he's going to do what he needs to do there. But the Orlando Magic. And last but not least, in the East, the Brooklyn Nets. Yes, I said the Brooklyn Nets. The attitude is different. The guys are different, including one Ben Simmons, who I can't lie. He's looked good in the preseason. I can't lie. And I, I want to see him succeed. I'm not trying to knock him. It is what it is. I, I've been giving him the business for years. I was just going to say, I think the difference is is that, and I know he said this last year that he was healthy. I think he genuinely is for the first time since his exit from Philly, like maybe 95 to 100% somewhere around there. And I think he's actually able to to show it now. So I, I think that's that's why we're seeing – a rejuvenated preseason, but we'll see how it translates to. Well, it wasn't translating before because all of his offseason workouts against five foot ten inch white dudes, he's looking like an all pro. But now he's doing it in the games, being aggressive, actually shooting. So maybe was, he needed that mental break, an emotional break from the game. And the physically, physical. physically, Ben Simmons looked like Ben Simmons. Yeah, I'm not going to question whether he was hurt or not. I think most of what happened with Ben Simmons was all upstairs, and all in 100%. his chest. The physical part, you get over. That's part of the game. You Every player in the NBA, when people say they're 100%, they've never been 100%, especially if you have an injury or some sort of surgery. You're the best yeah. at what you are right now. That's it. So you got Ben Simmons coming back. They play this Israeli team, and you know about the conflict going on over there in Israel, Gaza, Palestine, whatever you want to call it. And someone said to me, you know, two of the most famous Jewish people and Palestinian people, Drake and G.J. Khaled have not said a thing about the conflict, which I thought was very insightful. Well, if they're not educated on it, why have them say something? And this Israeli team is saying, we want to play the games anyway because it will give people hope. But what people are we talking about? Again, I don't want to do a deep dive in, in politics right now, but that whole thing over there is very, very tough to look at. I know we use basketball as a platform to, to be socially active and aware, but as we look at the top eight in the East, 
I don't know that this is going to make a difference one way or the other, whether they play or not, because you're going to have people on both sides of that debate, that conflict. They're going to say, this is the reason why this should happen. And I just feel bad for the people who are losing their lives and in the midst of somebody's political and ideological war. 100%. Let's get into something less heavy, my man. As we start the third annual preseason to work awards here on the open run with Will Strickland in conversation with the great Ryan Antonio Henry. Sir, you know we start off with the other awards first, our awards first, before we get into the NBA's awards. So yes. I'm going to start yes. right here. The third annual Do Work Awards preseason. We need a, a sponsor at some point. The Ski Mask All-Star. The Ski Mask Way All-Star. Who is that guy for you? That would be Zion Williamson. Ooh, tell me why. Because uh, he missed all those games? It's Ski Mask. What, what does the person in the Ski Mask do? They they rob you blind. They take whatever they can. They get the money and, and they dip. They don't really leave much... Uh, they don't leave much for you. And hey, dog! Don't, don't, last... don't say don't say dip around Zion. He's hungry. <laughs> yeah, Same. yeah, exactly. Don't say dip around Zion, so, Jack. He he's been there. What, what what is this year? Number five, six, four, six, maybe fourth year, four, yeah. fourth year. And has he even played? Even he's he's missed more games. No, no, not once. He, I think he hasn't even. Wait, I don't no, even I think, think he has a hundred on his career. Yeah, he he I think he's missed over yeah. three, 200 something games and played maybe like 80 or 90 or something like that. It's not it's even a full season. Yeah, it's, it's nuts and, and, for sure. And, and let me just get into the new contract five years, $195 million. That's super max for, for, for the working contract. It's like, I can't justify that. I'm sorry. I can't. Okay. That's, that's ski mass all the way. Fair enough. I'm going to go to my man, Booty Go Bear. Because his game is wild buns, and he's making $41 million this year. The fact that they signed Nas Reed, who is one of my underrated, unsung stars in the league right now, really wished that he'd gone to free agency and signed somewhere out west because I liked him better than Christian Wood. But it's hard to find a 19.7 rebound guy for the minimum, and Nas Reed earned his money. Respect, I, I was, I wanted my own franchise to take him, but, you know. He's going to play more minutes when it counts the most than Rudy Gobert. I'm sorry, Booty Gobert. That's his name from now on. We will never yeah. refer to him as, like, his parents are going to be mad at me, but I don't care. The play hard all-star. Who'd you pick? I got New York's favorite son, Josh Hart. Ooh, that's Josh. a great one. I like that one. He's been on this nomad style of a career. I think this is his fourth destination, but I think New York could be the long, the longer of the, of the homes for him. I, I feel... He just does everything for the Knicks, whatever they ask of him, whatever, if it's hustle, if it's grit, he fits the New York culture and he, he, he just plays hard. It doesn't matter if it's flashy numbers or stats, but his impact is felt through the game. So there's a Villanova mafia over there. Yeah. yeah. They got, I like it. The big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, the Michael Jordan of Delaware. That's actually <laughs> what they used to call him. I'm not even playing. That's crazy. It's wild. That's crazy. And you got Jalen Brunson and of course your guy. I like that pick. I'm mad I didn't pick that. But I'm going to pick a guy who led the league, if I'm not mistaken, in three-point percentage last year, playing for Brooklyn. His name, and they got him on the cheap in the Valley of the Sun, Utah Watanabe. I like Utah. He plays defense. He's willing to get dunked on. Ask Donovan Mitchell. Ask Anthony Edwards. 
but he'll go up and he'll challenge. He will play hard. And I like oh. Yuta Watanabe because he's going to give you something on offense too in his limited minutes. I think he's going to be a True. key component off a of bench I thought was really kind of light. I thought that, I mean, the, the Suns look top heavy to me, and we'll get into that in the second half of the show. Yeah, I, I, I like Yuta Watanabe. So he's my play hard. Oh, he has a spot on any NBA roster just for that ability that he wants to play. 100%. The he with us all-star. The guy who's going to point, shave, and make sure his team doesn't win because he's mad at somebody on the squad or mad at the GM or whatever. Who's your guy? So I had two different options here. One of them might make sense. The other might. But I had Dylan Brooks. And, and I know where you're probably like, wait, what do you mean? The guy does nothing but trash talk. It's guys below the belt. He got ejected during a preseason game. Like, hey man, he Dylan Brooks might just be a fan of Bulls. It's I mean, we can't even <laughs> mad at him. He's he's not talking to the media. I'm not even talking about Canadian Team Canada Dylan Brooks. I like Team Canada Dylan Brooks. He was great. He was fantastic. But so far, until he can prove that he can one stay on a court to finish games in in the crucial crucial games, even though that preseason wasn't anything, but. I, the attitude just kind of tells me, hey, like I'm just here for, for shits and giggles. So it's not a great introduction at all. Not even yeah. close to being a great introduction. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like that pick, sir. I'm a fan of that pick. And and you said you had another one though. It would have been Booty Gobert because he is a high turnover guy. He likes to play point center sometimes, and uh, and it gets him into uh, trouble. And yes. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? What, 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 what you are you with them or are you with us? Yeah, hey, so. look, that check, that check got him feeling real frisky out there in the court. But mm-hmm. my guy is in Philadelphia, just chilling out with us, James Edward Harden Jr. James he showed you his back on a multitude of occasions, Houston. He showed you his back on a multitude of occasions, Brooklyn. He's shown you his back again in Philly. No country for old men. I know he led the league in assists, but who's willing to take the risk? If the Clippers really wanted him that bad, they would give him everything. They haven't because they know who he is and what he is. Let's keep it a buck. Moving on. Speaking about keeping it a buck, the meal plan ball on the budget all-star. Who's your guy? I'm going to go with the newly minted $53 million man, Austin Reeves. I like that. You get somebody that at one point was rumored to be in the market for 80 mil to about 100 and the Lakers simply got him for what they had and you have to credit that to 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 him and them because he could have went somewhere else but he didn't want to leave the glamour glitz of LA in a good situation you think it was the glamour and glitz or did like you said it was a good situation he's starting to create an identity in LA and once you have the guy who's endorsing you in the building in the hashtag why would you leave but again, that happened to Alex Caruso, who was this guy. Alex got his check in Chicago and made first team all defense in Chicago. So, you know, it's and a matter of choices. The guy who famously called for the ball during LeBron James's. Um, Don't talk about Thomas play. Bryant, dog. He got hey. hook jammed on by Wimby this hey. weekend. Did you see the video of his face after he got hook jammed on by Wimby with the left hand? That's he, one of the greatest how- videos. No, he's just like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Smoke is eight feet tall. But um, he, he asked okay. out. He asked out. <laughs> he got, he, so he locked do out. It. People do it. He lucked, yeah. he lucked out, champ. You know, come on. How many how many minutes did we see Thomas Bryant in the NBA Finals? I'll wait. None. And that's why he left. 
he wanted minutes. He didn't get it, but now he he's got as many minutes so. as me and you and the rotting remains of Highland DeAndre Jordan Jr., who got a ring amazingly before Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. Who knew? I mean, with respect to Imani Bates, who's on a rookie deal, a guy who's supposed to be a first-round draft pick, I think he's going to ball out in Cleveland and get his numbers up, but not much else. He has no commitment to defense. But as I said earlier in the podcast, Haywood Highsmith, he's not making anything. He's going to be one of those guys. You talk about Austin Reeves, this kid, along with Jamal Kane. If you've been watching the Heat a little bit, and I have, these two guys are no-name guys, and because you don't know them, that's where they're going to surprise you. I think that Haywood Highsmith has shown in playoffs and in the finals. He can play defense or make timely shots. He'll be one of those three D guys that's going to earn his check from doing his job. And that's all you have to do. So I pick Haywood Highsmith. Even though you don't know the name, you might end up finding out about the game. I like it. Okay. I like it. Uh, all points bulletin. This was easy for me. You talked about them earlier in the show. The GOAT. The funny thing is I could have also went with Zion here as well. But – 100%. I'm 100%. Not, I, I, just, just for the sake of giving you another name. And it's not like a flash name. It's Evan Fournier. Uh, I, I saw his contract. He's making just shy of $20 million a year. And the guy has about six points a game. He's played seven, 27 games for the Knicks last year. He's completely fallen out of that rotation for $20 million a year. But somebody must yeah. believe in him enough to bring him back. And Thibodeau had to sign off on it. And here's the thing. They see him playing a World Cup, and he's damn Michael Jordan in the World Cup. In the Olympics, oh, yeah. those guys like Ricky Rubio, who's sitting out this season for mental health reasons. Shouts out to Ricky Rubio. Evan Fournier and Patty Mills and these guys, when they go play for their national teams, become oh, the greatest oh. players on the planet. The, the Jordan of their it's, country. Yeah. But it's roles you play. It depends on what role you play, right? And so Evan Fournier seems to me a pretty decent pick. I mean, I went with Kai Jones. I feel bad. The first-round draft pick from the 2021 season, damn near probably lost his mind online this year. TikToks were not cute. You know, I'm the GOAT. I could be the hashtag and Joel and B and all in Shaq. And all. Whoa, you can't even beat Nick Richards on your squad. Stop playing yourself right now. So I'm not going to knock the man. He might be having some real issues for real. And he just made the award show. So congratulations, sir. Then conversation with a great Ryan Antonio Henry in the middle of the first half of the third annual Do Work Awards, the preseason edition here on the Open Run Will Strickland. The player participation policy all-star, all-injured reserve. I changed that this year. No more Andrew Bogut. Oh, okay. He remembers Bogut. No. But the guy who is supposed to be there but won't be there this season, I guess you could have said the same guy you just talked about. He's definitely on my list, uh, my team, if you want to say. Oh, you have old team. Uh, I, I just I just picked one oh, guy. Oh, is this the – oh, it's just the one guy. Okay. So yeah. if we're just going the one guy, who did I – Who? You know, you know what? Yeah. I, I, I'm gonna stick with, with with Zion unless that diet is 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 working and and he, like he's just I just don't see him staying on the floor for sixty games. I can yeah. see he maybe gets up to fifty this year and it, that's a good thing for him. But I don't I don't. Trey Murphy the third misses some time with Brandon Ingram still licking his wounds from the World Cup. I don't know. It could be a problem down there. I like the young cat from the NCAA champion UConn Huskies the cousin of Angel Reese, and I know he doesn't want to be called that, I'm sure. Jordan Hawkins. Ah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's going to have an opportunity to do some things as a rookie out there, but that's going to be a tough situation for Willie Green, that badass man, Willie Green, down there. 
But my guy is a guy they actually named the player performance policy after, in my opinion, because he was the first one to say something about it. If the NBA thinks that they need a rule to make me play games, they're mistaken. Kawhi Anthony Leonard. Every year he starts off the year great and he has some flashes and moments. When he's on, he's on. 100%. Just like Zion. He's a top 10 player, top 20 player in the league. When he's on, when he's off, he's in a Gordon Gartrell on the sideline wearing an ugly shirt. Cool. We got you. Kawhi, I like you a lot as a player, but you are my PPP all-injury reserve all-star this year. Who are you playing for? All-star. Who's your guy? John Collins. Oh, why? Yeah. John, people you know, know John Collins, especially because Shaq made up this term, and he was in Atlanta, and they'd shoot NBA TV in Atlanta. John Collins not going to make that list. Why John Collins? Tell I, me why. I just think, uh, as he who shan't be named said previously, when you're playing NBA 2K, nobody picks Utah. Nobody nobody ooh, wants ooh, to go to they Utah. They have the best uniforms in the league, though. They do. I like those they black do. joints. It's clean. It, it, it just reminds me of, of – Another person I won't mention for the nasty things he's done and, and John Stockton, but it's just nobody likes Utah. So when he goes there, he's going to thrive. He's going to get his buckets. He's going to get Is he starting or is he coming, coming off the bigger. bench, though? That's the thing. I We need to see that, right? I, I think, think he's he coming off the bench. Start. I think and he's coming off the bench. That might change my, one of my future picks because you – know, But I you know what position he well plays is the same position as, as, as an all-NBA performer in Laurie Markham. finisher. The finisher, yeah. So he's not yeah. starting unless they're starting a big lineup. I like when they run when Will Hardy, who's doing a great job in Utah, is running the big mm-hmm. white guy lineup with Walker Kessler, Kelly Olenek, and Laurie Marketing on the court. Marketing is playing the three because of his ability to shoot, dribble, and pass. Yeah. Kelly Olenek, he's a threat from deep. He's a stretch four. And Walker Kessler is going to defend the rim. I like when they run that. Where does John Collins fit in that? I, I just feel not a lot of people are going to remember that he is there. And when they finally see, oh, shoot, oh. I, I was he, like he that. I'm not playing. <laughs> I saw a preseason game. I'm like, wait, when did John Collins get to Utah? I did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, and, I picked to see his numbers up. Yeah. You know, I picked a kid who was a rookie. And I saw him play for Gonzaga during the NCAA tournament. And I could tell he had something in him. He's an NBA player. Like one of those guys is like, he's going to make his mark somehow. But where? And I think he found the right place being traded to Denver, Julian Strouder, who can shoot, pass, dribble, and somebody has to replace Bruce Brown. I think that Christian Brown, who's there from Kansas, is going to be part of that. But I think that Julian Strouder is going to be a big part of that as well. I watched him play in some of these preseason games against starters and against the reserves. He looks very comfortable in the NBA, and he's going to be one of those kids. Who he played for, he's going to be that dude this year. The Thanasis. You know who that is? The guy that's just happy to have a job in the National Basketball Association. Who's that guy for you? Well, I got one on my own franchise. That would be uh, <laughs> Theo Pinson. Wow. Ultimate podcaster. Theo Pinson. Just happy to have a job uh, playing playing for the Mavs, and they, they keep bringing him back. So He must be a good locker room guy. Yeah. <laughs> well. Hey, hey. we He almost gets fined every year for, for getting the benches riled up, so. At yeah, least he's doing something. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, who could be waving the towel right next to him? The great Mohammed Bamba. I don't know what I have against Mo Bamba. I just felt like if you couldn't do it in, in Orlando, what makes you think you're going to do it somewhere else where there's a championship team? So mm-hmm. he is he's going to be Joel Embiid's valet this year. He's going to carry his bags. He's going to make sure his soup is not too hot. <laughs> he's, 
Mo Bamba. I don't know why I'm giving him the business, but Mo Bamba's that guy for sure. Yeah. So moving on to our last two awards for the first half of this. Going to get this work. You're going to get this work. Comeback player of the year. Mine's easy. I think, I think we're on the same page here. Benjamin David Simmons. Yeah. I'm trying to be nice. I've been, I, I think it's a function of me getting older, but I really want to see him win. I don't want to see anyone lose. I want to see him, no. I might give you the business, but I also want to see you win. I'm going to kill you when you're violating, but I'm going to give you stats when I see you working. And Ben Simmons is working. So come back to play of the year, Ben Simmons. I think the story of him coming back, dropping 20, 12, and four would be great. I think people would love to hear that and see that. 12, like, hey. 12, 12 is a lot. 12 is a lot. I 12 is a lot. 20, if, 20, if, 20 might be a lot for listen, him. But. Listen, if, if Ben Simmons comes back and he gives you 16, 8, and 8, that's good. Back there. Yeah. Yeah. The leap, the most improved player in the league this year. Who's that guy for you? I'm going to go Tyrese Halbert. I like that. Originally wanted to go Deer and Fox, but I think he had that last season. So mm. I went elsewhere. And Halliburton hasn't been named to an all NBA team yet. De'Aaron Fox has. Mm. So I think Hall- Halliburton gets, he's sitting between 20 to 25 points a game, possibly leading the league in assists because this Indiana team has loaded with, with weapons. And he's named an all star and gets on an all NBA team. You know what I'm going with? The Milky Mamba. Who's this? The Milky Mamba that is Austin Reeves out there in oh, LA. <laughs> Yeah. Look, Austin Reeves is going to be most improved player in the league. He's going to have a lot of respect from a lot of guys. He's been empowered by his performance, not only in the playoffs last year, the endorsement in-house, the contract, staying there, showing love of commitment to that team that gave him an opportunity. He's certified third option. He is 100% put himself in position to be that guy on that team in the backcourt next to D'Angelo Russell, 100%. Yeah. So, and, and he might not even be the third option. If if street clothes shows up, he could easily be the second option. Street clothes. I might have something to say about him in the second half of the show, but we'll come back for more of the open run with Will Strickland after this.